Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. You thought we weren't going to make it, but there it is. We made it. It's the end of the week. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, trying to do our best to guide you in that never-ending journey to head back to the window. So... Nice to be here, Scott. We've got this show. Of course, we're going to do our NASCAR show. We're going to get that recorded right after this one. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. I just did just parlays with Chris. Chris had to cut out early, go to the doctor. He had a uh, had a car accident yesterday. Did you know that? I did not know that. He was uh, it was uh, T-boned. T-boned. Tipped his car over and everything. They had to smash the windshield to get him out. It was uh, a lot of drama. Sent me some pictures yesterday afternoon. It didn't look good. He's got some... Bumps and bruises, but the wife insists that he goes get uh, officially checked out. So that's what he's doing. So we had to cut just parlays a little bit short. So there you go. You missed a lot of my witty banter that uh, people have come to know and love. <laughs> Don't really have much more to add. To okay, that. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for a well. I love your witty banter, something like that. Yeah, not so much. So hey, no, how'd you- I was gonna, I was gonna let you, you know. Stay with it. First real holes. Stop digging, buddy. Stop digging. Yeah, much. How'd your Thursday go? Overall went well. I hit basically everything I had. Oh, I had the Brewers great. in the afternoon. Then I had a couple of hockey plays. I had the Rangers in regulation, which got there. And then I also had the over in the Predators goalie in saves. <laughs> I believe it was 29 and a half. He got there and just I barely. He, <laughs> I think he had 39 at the end of regulation. <laughs> Jesus. So what? minus 105. Big X. In the house. What up, Big X? Good to see you. My day did not go as well, Scott. I had the uh, Nerfie in the Miami-San Diego game. That looked really good for the first five outs until uh, Manny Machado caught a hanging curveball and parked it in left field. And then it... I believe you were the one who said he wasn't worth that contract, so he's clearly a listener to big, the show. Big listener to the show is Manny big Machado. Shout out, to, shout, out to, uh, shout out to Manny Machado and the rest of the Padres. Thanks very much. And then we had as our uh, farm play... At the Blue Jays' first five minus a half. That looked really good after a half inning, and then it didn't. Uh, actually, it looked good for, what, th- what uh, two innings, three innings when they start scoring? Uh, yeah, they were up 2 nothing. They scored in the first inning. Yeah, and that's what I said after they were two up. Yeah, it looked okay. Then Barrio started to waver a little bit, uh-huh. and Toronto had a guy on third with no outs in the top of the fifth, and you thought maybe they can get something going. They did not. Didn't matter anyway because Cleveland scored three in the bottom of the fifth. But yep. yeah, they were off to a good start. You're up two nothing with Barrios on the mound. You got to assume he should be able to hold. I also as one of my premiums hit the under in that game, and that uh, ended did the up... under with Savala. Yeah, thank you. Ended up shitting. No, no, I was just curious. Yeah, did I you did. just assume Barrios would just shut the door. I did. I did. I thought it'd be one sided. It was not. And then in the heartbreaker of the night, Scott, I of course. At the Philadelphia Phillies. Thanks very much. That's just uh, Jesus. interesting. Sorry to my premium players. Uh, what are you going to do? Once every 25 years, the Mets mount a seven-run comeback in the ninth inning. So, good God. Brutal. Just brutal. You could see it. It was like a, it was like watching a, uh, apologies to Chris, like watching a, a car wreck in slow motion. You, you knew it was coming. Nothing you could do to stop it. So, Ninja's in the house. It says, uh, Dallas Mavericks get one tonight. Did you just copy and paste that, buddy? <laughs> Did who just copy and paste that? Ninja. Oh. I, 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 and I, I, for, in fairness to Ninja, I don't know if he's ever said it, but it's like every show, at least one person will say that. It, at least we'll see one in the comment section. This is the night. Dallas Mavericks, they get there tonight. Scott, Dallas Mavericks, get there tonight? 
I'll score a point. I'll get a basket or two, you know, but it's it, I have the Suns minus one and a half games. I, I don't think Dallas is very good. I think Phoenix is great, and I know home court matters, but when you live and die by the three, I assume eventually Dallas might win one of these two games because they might shoot better at home. But when you go top to bottom, Phoenix is better in every single area. It's not even close, to be honest. Yeah, it really isn't. Uh, King, King Me says, uh, what's up? And uh, he's got... As his best bet, he's got the Minnesota Twinkies on the uh, on the run line as the Twins go up against the Oakland Athletics. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, no confidence in the youngster pitching for the A's in uh, Zach Loge, huh? Uh, well, it appears that way. The A's, of course, had the decent start. Then they remembered they're the A's. Yeah, and they uh-huh. fell back down to earth, which... Believe me, they're going to fall back even further. So just, you know, stay stay the course, I guess, when it comes to fading Oakland. And that kind of goes back to a lot of the decent starts we've seen so far. It's a very small sample size. So just keep in mind that some of the bad teams who started off okay should be a lot worse. Like the Padres are four under. They have a series against the Reds this weekend. They might be 13 and 14. They're going to finish a lot worse than thirteen and fourteen. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I was. I, I I told Chris that I woke up this morning. And I'm like, whatever I do, I'm just going to fade the Reds from here on out. Just going to fade. And then the you Reds. saw who they were playing. Then I saw who they were playing. Cool. I saw the pitching matchup, and I went, "Oh God, really?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Andrew asking us about some Derby picks, some Derby contenders. Who do you like, buddy? Um, I think the main. I, I lean to the favorites in the Derby mostly. I think Messier's got a decent odds at 8-1. to one. Going based on the odds now, I think Messier's got good odds. Are you going with the favorite, or are you going to go with uh, Epicenter? I, I liked I liked Messier. I re- I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. That was the one horse that I was taking a look at. I liked the price. Uh, John Velasquez, we talked about him a lot last year. You want to uh, have him on your horse. You want to have him on your horse. That's, that's, that's just well put. That's uh, really one way you look at it, because you got to remember that people can decide looking at the trainer or looking at the track record or, you know, the history of the horse, a lot of it comes down to which horse is paired with which jockey. Because the jockeys are are still somehow underrated, which doesn't really make any sense to the only human in the race. And yet it seems like nobody really focuses enough on the actual jockeys at play. You always look to a, to a Smith, who's always a very good jockey as well. But Velasquez is one of the best there is. And I expect him to do well. You have, of course, like an Ired Ortiz. There's a couple of big name jockeys. I'm sure a lot of people know, but Velasquez is definitely one of them. Yeah, I, I'm. A, I'm kind of a fan. If you want, to, if you want to take a spin on a long shot, uh, I'm, I don't hate Cyberknife. Won the won the Arkansas Derby. Who's so, the jockey on? So he's got to win. Uh, it's the uh, uh, it's the French dude, uh, Florent Florent Giroux. Okay, all right. So uh, that could be that could be something if you wanted to have a nice little payoff there. You got the uh, you got the Lucas horse. You got Ethereal Road. Not uh, not coming out of the twenty hole for me. Sorry, buddy. And there's no there's no Baffert horses, right? Because he's suspended. I don't believe there's any. Baffert. I'm saying he's suspended, right? Correct. So Correct. There are no Baffert horses. I'm just double checking the list here. There are no bad. There are no. I was gonna say Baffert when in doubt, horses. you uh, you back the Baffert horse. That's that's the th- you, that's the theory that brought me home last year, buddy. Yeah, you can't do it this year. No, so you're on your own. I cannot do that. Uh, Scott, I think believe this is going to be for you. Um, Djokovic or uh, Alcaraz? Well, Alcaraz beat Nadal in three today, uh, which is impressive. Of course, Nadal was having his first tournament since the rib injury. He had the great comeback against Golfin in the previous round, 
he should have probably lost the match. But the fact that he got brought to three and faced double match point against Goffin tells you Nadal is not in peak form. Let's have that interpretation there. Djokovic has been hit or miss because, hell, he can't enter half the tournaments anymore because of COVID laws, which are starting to slowly dissipate. I think I'm going to go with Djokovic, but I think my favorite bet in that match would be three sets. Okay. I just see a war, and I think that Djokovic will eventually wear him down. But I do think you'll see a very, very competitive match. Give me a, give me an over two and a half sets. It's going the distance. That's what you're saying to you. That's what I see. Okay. Uh, shout out to Renzo Brothers. He's in the house. Andrew, you are certainly welcome for our uh, almost uninformed opinion on the Derby. There are certainly much better people uh, at the Derby than we are. Um, so we, we had a couple guests in the past from right. Racing Dudes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they definitely cover it because, well, racing's in the title. And they're dudes, so that kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? <laughs> there you go. There you go. What are they all about? A uh, couple of housekeeping notes, of course, now that we have everybody here, or a lot of people here. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Smash that like button. We always appreciate the effort. Of course, we appreciate the effort when you subscribe to our YouTube channels, both Winners and Winers, and the Max Wagers Network. And hey, speaking of the Derb, Scott, the Derb, that's what his friends call it, the Derb. Uh, we've got our Kentucky Derby Racing Guide available right now, absolutely free. The link is in the description. Make sure you click on that. That is from the fine folks over at Winners and Winers, some of whom take racing a lot more seriously than we do. They spend a lot more time handicapping it. Uh, owner of Winners and Winers, big racing guy. So, of course, he's you know he's going to have some racing guys on the staff. So make sure you check out that guide. Absolutely free. It'll give you the best long shots. It'll give you a breakdown on all the horsies, et cetera, et cetera. And naturally, we want you to check out the deal that we got with our partners over there at Caesars. If you've ever had a uh, ever had a play where you're ready to load up, you're ready to take it to the next level, but you don't know if you want to spend that kind of money or risk that kind of money, this is the promotion for you. They allow you up to an $1,100 do-over, basically, bet insurance. If you bet that bet and you would happen to lose, if your lock turns into a non-lock, if somebody has bolt cutters and unlocks your lock, then uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, Caesars will make it good, like I said, up to 1100 bucks. And if your lock is as good as you think, then you win your bet. All is right with the world. Everything's good. So make sure that you uh, check that out over there at Caesars. The code that you must use is ATS wins Caesar, A-T-S-W-I-N-S-C-Z-R, that. And the link is in the description of today's show, so make sure you check it out. So there you go. Anything I forget, Scott? Uh, no, I think you covered everything. Uh, I know we already talked about the Derby, but of course we have the guide. Yep, yep, got the Derby guide. Don't forget that. And of course, don't forget all the great shows here. I won't, I won't put Scott through the torture of having to name them all. But it is uh, noon is Sean Higgs with Midday Money. One o'clock is Allie Burns with Morning Wood. Of course, two o'clock brings Chris and I doing just parlays. Three o'clock, you know that show because you're here. It's uh, back to the window with Scott and Scott. Then of course, four o'clock. It is Sean Miller. What is it? Sean Miller across the world. What is he? What is it called? Why am uh, I asking? Why am I asking you? Yeah, great, great. That's a better question. That's the better question right there. That's the better question. I do know it's uh, Sean Miller. I do know it's four o'clock. Uh, apologies, Sean. I don't know the exact name of your show. Uh, soccer stuff. Soccer, soccer stuff with Sean Miller, and yeah. he covers the world game, not just, of course, not just Major League Soccer, but he covers all the stuff going on over there across the pond. And then they wrap it up at 5 o'clock with Detroit Lenny, Nick, and Tim Earl doing game time decision. So uh, I've been betting the past few days at Churchill Downs. Surface is inconsistent as hell. And that's code for I can get my head knocked off. Absolutely. Uh, I hear rain is in the forecast for tomorrow. Scott, have you 
Seen any updates on the weather forecast from Churchill Downs? Uh, his mother was a mother. Did you see the? Loves the swamp. Are you on the? Are, are you on the email? Were you on the email text? Yeah, I am in the email text. So okay. Yes, it, it does seem like rain will be a factor. I'm not sure if it's going to be full on puddles or if it's just going to be a slight, you know, little bit of rain. But either way, I, the only thing that I think that's going to impact is really going to be the jockeys because I feel like the only thing that would really impact would be maybe the strategy involved mm-hmm. with the actual race itself if you want to start out in the front when do you want to make your move how good's the footing there's a lot of questions you're gonna to have to keep in mind which of course you're not gonna know but the point is i feel like the main impact it's gonna have is potentially on the jockeys and their course of action it looks like the rain should be shutting off like uh, late in the morning like uh, or mid-morning 5 6 a.m and just okay. a small chance of rain throughout the day there in Louisville, high of 63. Yeah, even if it stops, it's still going to be relatively damp. I would call it, uh, I would, what they call it uh, sloppy as opposed yeah. to muddy, right? Loves the slop. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be full mud, but it might be a little bit. Yep, yep, very good. All right, well, let's, uh, let's take a look and see what happened yesterday, my friend. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was a few, uh, there was a few bad beats out there. I bet I know one that might make the list. Um, but we're going to find out. We're going to, uh, Check in and see what happened yesterday as we unveil the Friday edition of Call the Cops. Very good. Just a little uh, hint behind the scenes here of our show. Anytime you hear me like slow down as I'm doing Call the Cops, I'm scrambling to uh, cue the music up. I, I never realized that. It's true. Yeah. All right, Scotty. Yeah, start off Major League Baseball. If you have the Angels and Red Sox under seven and a half, they had zero runs in the first six innings. Here come the pins. Bring in the bullpens. Angels scored two in the seventh, five in the eighth, one in the ninth. Red Sox, well, they didn't do nothing. Didn't matter. Game ended eight zip. Eight zip. Still better than seven and a half. You had the under there. Holy crap. I'd like to buy a pitcher, Alex. Call the cops. I'm assuming that it's even worse when you have an under like that because Otani just threw an absolute gem. Gem. Masterpiece. None of it mattered at all. Not a bit. Not one uh, bit. Not one bit. Yeah. I might have been a little bit harsh back in the day when I was criticizing Otani's pitching skills. Agreed. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. But anyway, if you had the... Uh, yeah, we have to talk about it. I know you were on the wrong <laughs> side of it. But if you had the Phillies on the money line against the Mets, the amazing Mets, uh, the Phillies led 7-1. to one after eight innings and the Mets scored a casual seven in the ninth and the Phillies lost eight to seven. So that's, just that's a little going to be one of the worst beats of the year. Just a little insight here. I'm on a check text chain with Scott and Chris. Chris texted just simply texted Mets. I texted fuck the Mets. Scott texted Mets scored seven in the ninth. <laughs> I had to rub it in a little bit. What a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> I simply texted back, I'm aware. Yeah. So finally, we'll go to the ice. Uh, it's a little chilly in here all of a sudden. Let's head to the ice. Capitals, Panthers, over six and a half. Six goals with 228 left. Oh, fuck. In the second period. In the second period. That's right. Very important. Reading is fundamental, Scott. Uh, six goals. 228 left in the second period. So you had 22 minutes and 28 seconds to score one more fucking goal. How many more fucking goals did they score, Scott? Zero. Not a one. Not a one. Game ended up six. 
And like it did, it, we often talk about, well, you know, six, it's an even number and they're headed over. No, it wasn't an even number. Fuck you. You lose. See you later. Call the cops. By the way, Max, I have noticed that has happened on player props before where something is wrongly graded, where they have the wrong amount of shots or the wrong amount of rebounds or something and they adjust it after. If you did it on a legal sports book, you should reach out on Twitter because enough people start to follow it, maybe they'll change a grade or two. I know that FanDuel, for example, did that in the past. I think DraftKings might have too. But yeah, if you got screwed over by the Ekblad shots, I did hear there's a bit of a controversy on that. If you did, you should probably tag them in Twitter, on Twitter or something and see if they can do anything. That's right. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They ignore you? That's fine. You still lost money. Oh, no. You're blocked on Twitter by a, by a, a sports book. Fuck. Yeah. As long as I know, as long as your account is still accessible, then you don't really need them on Twitter. Yeah. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. All right. Well, there was some good news out there, maybe for people like you. Uh, nice, easy wins. No doubt about it. You spent your Thursday evening ensconced, having a cocktail, smoking a big cigar as you enjoyed your time in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the under five and a half in the Flame Stars game, you had one goal in the first two periods combined. And then you, the game landed two. Empty netter at the end didn't matter. All right. And if you had the Predators Avalanche under six and a half, Scott, that was a game that we didn't exactly call correctly there. We thought that would be... I had the over in saves much for the national goalie. Does that count? It does not, because we okay. flat out said they would be more of a mismatch. Take the puck line, maybe even think about that minus two and a half. Yeah, none of that. was That was all bullshit. So if you did have the under six and a half, that was not bullshit. Uh, like we mentioned before, it's tied 1-1 in the first period, and that's all you got until it got to overtime, and the game landed, of course. It landed three, because two, it's an even number. Headed to overtime. Didn't matter to you with the under. Nicely done. Yeah, it was called under time in that one. That's but right. if you had the over 11 in the Nationals-Rockies game, yeah, 11. Pretty high total in today's baseball, but not in Coors Field because there were 11 runs in the first five innings, and the game landed 16. Yep, yep, 16. Old, old-timey old days back there at, uh, at Coors Field, to be sure. Have you seen the meme going around? Uh, it says, I want the old baseball back. And it shows uh, where he th- the earlier this year where he threw out his butt to get hit by the pitch. Yeah, there's, there's there's that meme all over the place. And then it, and a then it, check swings. There's a couple. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. And it cuts to going over the fence. Yeah. That's a funny thing. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this a little bit here. Um, there were some good lines yesterday. There were some sharp lines and some lines that gave us trouble. But uh, there was one line that kind of stood out, Scott. The odds makers, you know, you generally do a pretty good job. But every once in a while, Friday comes a little early. And we definitely think you're drunk. All right. So this is a game that was on when we were on the air, Scott. That's the uh, Reds and the Brewers. I know a lot of people had the Brewers on the run line. And they had a little sweat there in the first inning as the Reds opened up with three. Um, But that was pretty much the highlight of their day, wasn't it, Scott? Well, the Brewers scored three runs with no outs in the bottom of the first inning. Yep, came right and back. So if the total in that game was eight, eight, no, not a team total. That was the total for the whole game. What was the score after the first two? Uh, it was 6-3. Six, 6-3, three. Six, three. Six, three. congratulations. We didn't even put that in the rocking chair because we wanted to talk about it more in depth. If you had the over there, that's the, that's the quintessential rocking chair game. You can spend seven hours or seven innings 
not having to watch the fucking Reds play baseball. That's a great thing. It is also a bigger rocking chair because you're indoors, so there is no potential rain-shortened game. No, there's no, no you, you can't take it in the shorts there, um, and there's no, there's no wind blowing. It's not nothing. That's wind aided. That's just terrible baseball. The game landed 15, as it ended up 10 to five. So odds makers, uh, you only missed it by almost a hundred percent. Congratulations. Yeah, I think it's even worse because you had a situation where Hunter Green was awful in his first couple starts and you assumed he'd be awful again. But the Brewers scored 18 runs the day before. Right. Like eight? They put up 18 the day before the game. That should be like nine or nine and a half. Uh, Max says FanDuel told him to kick rocks. Well, that's a shame. Mm, Might be time to get the flamethrower out. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> no shit. Uh nope, I lied. I'm mad too. Yeah. Um I would maybe get the old Twitter flamethrower out, Max. I don't know how many followers you have, but I'd tag the shit out of some people and start roasting them. Then why not? Why not? Why not? Hey, what do you got what do you got to lose? You know, sports books, I have no sympathy for sports books because they do fine. So when they when they nitpick shit like that and and beat you on something that you actually won, I got no, no fucking sympathy. None. Sorry. Are you also in a fan of the fact that they will post a bunch of $10, 20-pick parlays to win 150000 and at the bottom it says gamble responsibly? Does that bother you at all? Yeah, of course. A, uh, a little bit of a mixed message there. Absolutely. Yeah, a little bit. Absolutely correct. It's in really, really, really like five-size font, but it's there. You can see it at the bottom. Yep. Uh, JC Stone, we should, we, we could have talked about this. We could have made this donkey of the day. I actually originally wrote it out as donkey of the day. He's, uh, fading I Mickelson's betting picks. Cause Mickelson is 40 million in the hole over four years. Needs to stick to golf. No, well, you're shit. also forgetting one important factor, which is that was his losses from 20, from, uh, 2010 to 2014. So there is eight years of untapped bets. He could be down like $70 million. Maybe, like nobody knows. He maybe, might have retired. Maybe he's gotten better. Go to a meeting, you know? Uh, Joe Kryptonite says, uh, yo, yo, how we doing? We doing well. Thanks, Joe. Uh, last night was huge for unders in the late night NHL games. Yes, it was. Yeah, I'm assuming that the uh, books got torched on the over in the Rangers game. Third string goalie for Pittsburgh. You assume there's going to be goals that went over. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the other two games, yeah, very, very low score. Uh, Joe says he was going to keep betting on the Dallas Stars and the Dallas Mavericks until at least one of them uh, won. Do we think it's going to be another good night in Texas tonight? I personally do not, but well, at least the Stars won. Yeah. Yeah. Got, this, got the Stars in there for there sure. Do you uh, think there were more? There was more over money or under money in on that on that Flames game because game one was one nothing, and it's five and a half. Do you think people were just blindly bet the over five and a half? And they looked at game one and said, "I got to assume it's going under." I think more people bet the under than they usually do at five and a half. I think compared they, to all the other games with the Avalanche and the Rangers Penguins, right? There was definitely more under money in that game than the other two probably combined. No question, no question. I believe that to be true for sure. Um, somebody asking all the favorites in the NFL, in the NHL tonight. Uh, uh, let me see. Well, you have four games. So I can tell you right now, all favorites will probably not win tonight. Well, the question um, is, so you've got my biggest question there is the Bruins over, over Carolina. I was going to say how Boston was favored. Yeah. That's yeah. the main question. Uh, well, I didn't even, you know, if you want to make a minus minus one twenty or something, but minus minus one forty, 
I don't have any interest in that. You? It's because Carolina's got a third-string goalie in who was, I believe, undefeated in the regular season or close to it. But he came in in relief in game two because, of course, Ranta got injured. I had the over and saves. I don't want to talk about it. But he was very good in net. So I've seen him play against the Bruins. He played well. And you're looking at what the Bruins are doing. They switch goalies. They switch from Olmark to Swayman. And Swayman did not really look great in the regular season finale against Toronto. But Carolina's own this team on a game-in, game-out basis. If I had to pick one team right now to win the East, I probably would pick Carolina. I think they've looked like the best team up to this point. Yeah. I like Carolina. I think that that's a very good team. And the Bruins, I understand they have star power. You have Bergeron, who scored two goals, I believe, last game. Marchand's gone AWOL. He scored one goal in the last 15 games. He's done absolutely nothing. And the only thing Pasternak did was injure Ranta. So if the main guys for Boston aren't going to contribute, they're a relatively top-heavy team. Yep, agreed. So if I'm looking for an underdog there, I would take Carolina uh, to go through the other games here. I don't like the Kings. I I think Edmonton's actually going to win tonight. So they're not on my dog list. Edmonton in regulation at plus 115 did not bother me. The Tampa-Toronto game and the Minnesota-St. Louis game, I think, are coin tosses. Right. I I think those can go either way. I'm going to lean Tampa because they're at home. And as for the Wild Blues game, I mean, game one and game two were such polar opposites of each other. Right. Like, I'm really trying to figure out. I talked about that on Chris's show, that that you've got two teams play two different games. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to take it, if you want to, if you want to say it's a coin flip, take positive money on the Wild, sure. I'm I'm going bold. Give me overtime in that Blues Wild game. Okay. All right. I think it meets in the middle. All right. Very good. Uh, Shout out to Joan. What up, Joan? Um, somebody, oh, uh, Paul Wall, 313, Paul Wall, you know where 313 area code is, Scott? Uh, I actually didn't know this once. I'll give you a hint. Is it Houston? Detroit Lenny knows. Is it Detroit? It is. It is Detroit. Um, yeah. I was close. I said Houston, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're in the middle, I guess. That's, uh. Middle wrong, you know, direction. Middle. I I believe Houston. Right time zone. 513? San Antonio. I, I, I believe it, that's the case. So I knew a couple of the numbers were similar. There you go. So uh, he he needs to bet the farm to hit today. Okay. okay. Well, then we need to get rid of that shitty pick that we had teed up and uh, and come up with the real one. So. I'll tell you one thing that was a bit annoying though, which was a brief a brief brief rant. I had a play that that I loved for today's card, and I was waiting for the damn sports books to post a line on it. It was a prop, and I waited until about noon. I knew I was going to take this play at 1 a.m. last night, and I waited like 11 hours, and it still wasn't up. So I called an audible, and I took uh, a team total under in an NBA game for Saturday, actually. Right. But now the prop is up. It's the Hurricanes goalie number of saves. I thought it would be around 28 and a half. Okay. It's at 26 and a half. Oh, got to play it. Hell yeah. The first two games, Boston's had at least 35 shots on net. Okay. And they're down 2 nothing. And Carolina doesn't have a backup goalie because Ronta's injured and Anderson's injured. So they might just force him to play all 60 minutes no matter what happens. Yep. 26 and a half saves. That's an auto play for me. Got to do it. Joan so wants that, to... would have, that would have been my play today if it was posted earlier. Joan wants to know when we changed our new format Well, and uh, with our new uh, – oh, the new system that we shoot through, we'll be able to see live chat after the show. 
I don't. Well, you can on YouTube also. You just have to wait a couple of hours for the live chat to load. Can you? Yeah. I didn't think you could. I've, I've watched live chats before on live stream. Okay. All right. It's not it's not up immediately after posting, but if you wait like an hour or so, you will see the option to pull down the live chat box. Okay. As long as our video's there. That's that's the frustrating part is the now you see it, now you don't. Um, I do know if you follow us on Twitter that if when you see the show link to uh, being tweeted out either by winners and whiners or retweeted by us, if you follow that link, you can get to the show. Yeah, so even if it vanishes from the correct, feed, correct, click it on Twitter, it's still there. Exactly right. So, so yeah, go, go to Twitter. Um, Eric says he was heavy on the Avalanche money line last night. Uh, talk about a uh, <laughs> a tight chocolate starfish. <laughs> Keep on rolling, baby. Oh man, yeah, that was a uh, yeah. That was uh, a is it wrong that whenever I hear chocolate starfish, I just immediately think limp biscuit? No, so is that fair? No, I think that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Joe's got him a, a little parlay cooked up. Uh, the Heat on the money line, Hurricanes money line, and the Mavs on the money line, plus seven twenty four. And if you add the White Sox, it's nineteen fifty five. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Mavericks tonight, but nope. Nope. once again, if you if you believe that they're going to win one game, three is not a bad choice. But correct, I think the Heat we can talk about because we're assuming Embiid's going to play based mm-hmm. on what the reports are. Yep. So yeah, I think I'm fine with the other two picks. Do you do you like the 76ers tonight with Embiid, or do you think that nope. he's still damaged goods and Miami's going to win anyway? Yes, I, I I'm I'm not even sure it matters if he's 100 percent healthy, but he's not. Well, he's clearly not, even if he's the concussion's fine because he still has the ligament in his finger. Right. Yeah. As long yeah. as he, I guess, as long as he doesn't have to check his phone during the game. Yeah. Because that's what we were talking about yesterday with the, the, the yesterday, or I guess maybe Wednesday was the first day he'd been able to even look at his yeah. phone because of the lights were being too bright. For me, it seems like Embiid with the ligament injury was probably 70%. With the face stuff and the mask, he's probably closer to 50. Yeah. I, I think say. they needed at least 75 to beat Miami. I, I don't mind this White Sox team. Boston, not necessarily. Well, Boston sucks. But here's the deal. Uh, you got Uvalde against Velasquez. Today. That's exactly the deal. I, I have. I want. I want none of my money involved in backing Vince Velasquez. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. Stephen. Stephen, Godfather. We t- We said the same. Basically, at the same time. Uh, great minds think alike. Stephen. Absolutely true. Um, uh, the uh, answer for the save it would be uh, Kochikov, who is the goalie for Carolina. His save number is twenty six and a half. It's too low. Scott, summer, I, I will bet that. I can guarantee you that. Summer Sweat, doing some loving on your Yankees, says the Blow Jays <clears throat> are nice. overrated. The Yanks are going to win that division. See, I don't know if he is saying that because he likes the Yankees or because he obviously had either the farm play or something on Toronto yesterday and they lost to the Guardians. So one of the two. I think Toronto's okay. The lineup we know was supposed to be very good. Truth is it really has not. Teoscar Hernandez went on the I.L., which is not a surprise to anybody because he gets injured every year. But he's one of their better hitters. They lost Simeon, who also was a 40-home run guy last year. And In, so in, in fairness, he sucks so far this year, though. But I'm saying, the point is they did lose some key pieces of last year's lineup, which might explain why it's been bad out of the gate. Then again, Springer barely played last year, and he's been playing every game, and he's been very good. Right. So right. you can make an argument that's a trade-off, but Toronto's bullpen is okay. The rotation is pretty good. I think we expect it to be a bit better. Yep. But as a whole, they're still a good team. Just not they're scoring. To make the playoffs. There's but... 3.8 runs per game, buddy. That's not going to get it done. Not, not. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get it done. Not in that division. And, I mean, the good news is 
Um, well, I guess you've still got Tampa Bay sort of lurk, lurking around, but it's really, I don't think you have to worry about the Red Sox. Uh, I don't think you do either. Red Sox are officially in last place. That team is a disaster. And uh, yeah, uh, by the way, I, I misspoke. I said 26 and a half. That was actually for Swayman. Kojikov's 28 and a half. I okay. still like the over. Okay. I, I think he ends up with 30 saves. Uh, Summer Sweat says he's a lifelong Yankees fan. Also had the Jays minus one yesterday. Uh, Barrios is a disaster. Uh, he'd been decent up to that point. That's a, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of brutal. Um, I think that he's a decent pitcher, but the Blue Jays paid him too much money. Not, if you were going to sign a guy to that contract, why wouldn't you just pay Robbie Ray? Yeah, that's kind of hard to argue. Am I missing something? Not like he didn't win the Cy Young or anything. Yeah. Uh, Paul Wall with some very kind words. Thank you, Paul. You think that's the real Paul Wall? We always joke about everybody listening to the show. You think Paul Wall checks in? Uh, could be. <laughs> Paul Wall, best best grill in sports history? I think it's up there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Damien wants to know, Scott, um, I'm going to put this to you as the NF- NHL expert around here. You like the under in the Wild Blues game or you like the under in the Oilers-Kings game? Or you like them both? Or you like neither. I don't think I can take an under in the Wild Blues game just because Damian Cully we've seen asking the tough offenses, questions. We've seen both offenses play well up to this point. The Edmonton one's tricky because you got two versions of Mike Smith. You had the awful version, which we know and love, and then he had a shutout in game two. So Edmonton seems to be able to do whatever it wants, pretty much. They can't stop McDavid on either full strength power play or shorthanded. But Defensively, Edmonton clamped down, and the Kings have one of the worst power plays in the league. They're over in the series. If I was going to lean to one under, I'd probably take the Kings one. Hold my nose because I don't feel great about either. But the Wild and Blues are both good offensively. The Kings are just not very good offensively. Yep, yep, very good point. Uh, Jan Dudley with a great piece of information. This is a dude that does some deep diving as well. Joan was very complimentary about our knowledge. Uh, here's somebody that I would add to that mix as well. He often shares really cool uh, under-the-radar stats in the comment section. Here's another one. Kevin Galsman goes today, of course, for Toronto, as we talked about. 31 innings, no homers, no walks, Scott. means don't take the first inning no run because he's due to give up a home run. It's a lock. No, I, the nerf, yeah. he's locked. See, actually, and there's actually, a six though, There's a six and a half that we're seeing. Well, Galsman's very good. Uh, there's really no way around it. I know last year he kind of tailed off in the back half. But the first half, he was the favorite to win the Cy Young in the National League. Oh, yeah. It was either him or DeGrom. He was probably in second place. Well, once DeGrom went down, I think it was Gausman was kind of the de facto leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, he was. And then it ended up not working out. He got injured a bit. But either way, you have him versus Bieber. I'm assuming that you'll see no run for the first couple innings of that of that game. Yeah. I don't mind that. Six and a half, man. So yeah. if you could find a three and a half somewhere for the first five, I don't hate that. I'm assuming no run for ascending, though. It's probably going to be minus 140. Uh, could be more than that, yeah. I'd have to see their first I don't think game. it would be more than that because that seems to be where... Well, I paid see, I, don't really... I paid 160 yesterday, so you can just kind oh, of keep that okay. shit under your, under your I hat. I wasn't aware yeah. that you paid 160 for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Max brings up a great point. We talked about this a little bit, uh, both today and yesterday. Embiid couldn't see two days ago. How is it possibly plays tonight? Um, um... Money. Money, baby. Uh, pressure. Team. I mean, that's, you know, number one. He's going to play. Not well, but he's going to play. Number one, I will say this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. These professional athletes are uh, at a level that you and I, most people, cannot imagine. 
as far they as they also have a lot of resources with regard to the actual medical all, staff. Also true. Yeah, you get that's constantly giving them the right information and the right actual, I'd say, remedy or at least the right steps to take. Right. You overcome that. Where if one of us suffered a concussion, we would put a bag of ice on our head and we wouldn't know what the hell we're doing besides that. I well, I would. I'd have a bag of peas on there. I don't. What I don't. I'm saying isn't, that, isn't that basically it? You yeah. Just put something cold on your head. And you'd probably lay down on the couch and watch TV. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you would. You wouldn't know any other steps to do. You don't have any supplements. You don't have any idea what you're doing besides something cold in my head would feel kind of nice. Well, and you don't have a baseline test. You know, these guys yeah. all have baseline tests that they take in the off season or you know right before the season starts, and then they can compare to that to the to the concussion pro to how they're reacting once they have their quote unquote concussion. So, yeah, Uh yeah. Um, Doc probably thinks just having on the floor will help. They're just throwing darts in the uh, in the dark. I agree. Uh, well, I think... if he's not playing, they're going to lose. So yep. you kind of had no choice. You had to try to throw Embiid out. And I am curious what the player prop numbers are for Embiid if they're even up at this point. Uh, they are not. Uh, they're actually up. His point total is twenty five and a half, and his rebounds are ten and a half. Mm. First things first. I like the under in points yeah. because I know that you can make an argument that Embiid might get force fed the ball. Is he on a minute restriction? Is he going to play the full 40 with potential like rem- remnants of a double vision with a torn ligament? Because it's a must-win game. I would think he's not on a minute. Five and a half is a lot of points. If you can, it's not like a knee or an ankle or something that's going to get worn down. You're either good or you're not. You're either good enough to play or you're not. And I don't think he's going to be on a minute restriction, personally. I don't think he will be either. But he might be at a point where, with Adebayo and company, Miami's defense is elite anyway. 25 and a half. We saw him struggle in the back half of that Toronto series. He still has the bad ligament, and you know that you know Miami's going to definitely game plan for him. That yep. seems way too high, doesn't it? Yep. I know Embiid's capable of getting to the line 15 times any given game. The playoffs, not so much. But is he going to be fully sharp? Can't no. be. Can't be. So 25 and a half is a lot, a lot of points. Yep. Uh, totally under. Did you hear about how long, do you know about Oliveira missing weight? Uh, yes, it pisses me off. Uh, stripped uh, strip so, of his championship? Yeah, he got vacated. They're still going to fight. Where if Olivero wins, then the belt's going to remain vacant. But if Gaethje wins, then he wins the belt. So, Olivero as the champion, it's an embarrassing look. I don't think I've... At least I can't recall a champion missing weight. I've seen a couple of fighters who were the challenger who missed weight. I think of Yoel Romero against Whitaker. I believe he missed weight once, but you can't miss weight as the champion. I mean, that that's just embarrassing. Inexcusable. Yeah. Joe, uh, do a little throwback here. Remember when Shanahan just threw Terrell Davis in the game when he couldn't even see, um, what do you do? Move straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the game plan for Terrell Davis there by the goal line. Uh, just, I just don't see it. I just, I just don't see the, uh, James Mouse sitting the PRA for, I'm assuming Embiid is 39 and a half. I gotta play that it. seems a bit high. I got to play under there. I do. Um, and I'm not saying automatically it's a lock or anything, but I can tell you right now, if you do like Miami in the game, I think you're pricing in, and Beat's probably not going to play that well. So if you want to go for a correlated parlay, and not even correlated, same game parlay, and you want to throw in the heat with Embiid under points and rebounds and whatever, if Embiid's a shell of himself, they're going to lose. Yep. So you might that might be worth a shot. If he's fifty percent, sixty percent, they're going to lose. Yeah. Um. David Good wanted to know twenty eight and a half minus one twenty five too high. I still like it. 
the thing is it's juiced for a reason because you're looking at how the first two games went. Of course, Carolina won handily, but Boston outshot them in both games. In fact, I actually want to pull up the exact number here, but I believe Boston had at least 35 shots in each of the first two games. Uh, they had 38 shots in game two, and game one they had – let me pull this up quickly. Uh, sorry, so I had 38 there. I, I want to say they had 35 in game two. That so sounds right. I believe they did. Uh, let me just see this right now. They had 36 okay. in game two, which means they're averaging 37 shots per game. Carolina doesn't have an active backup goalie, or if they do, it's a full-on like walk-on who's the emergency goalie who's now the second stringer. Get and off Boston the Zamboni, Steve. I was going to say, you assume Boston down 2 nothing should be very aggressive and try to get even. But even if the goalie does not play too well, let's say he gives up four goals, if Boston still gets 35 shots, you still win. Yep. So I still think that number's way too low. Can we talk for a minute about the, the wonderful thing of the this, the emergency goalie situation in hockey? Are they, I know they were trying to do away with it, but the just, Zamboni thing, I don't think it's a thing anymore, but you still have a bunch of random goalies who are still available, quote-unquote. But, they, you know, they don't they don't have that. You don't need to pull somebody off the ground crew in, in the majors if you run out of pitchers. I would have laughed if they followed the MLB logic, which is, oh, you're out of goalies, one of your defensemen has to play goalie. Yeah, <laughs> just right? just up one of the defensemen to play goalie. Yeah, wouldn't that be that, – that, that would have been – I guess that would have been the alternative, right? Yeah, that's pretty much all the only other alternative there is. Or you like the team you pull the goalie and you play empty net or the entire game. The teams that cover that uh, carry two catchers, as as most people do, they just carry two catchers on the roster. And maybe like the Royals, you like to pinch pinch run for them in the eighth inning. Yeah, and they come out to catch in the bottom of the eighth and gets takes one off the noggin. Or now, what do you do? Well, then you start talking to hear the announcers talking about. uh, Well, this guy was a high school. He was a head catcher in high school. That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly what I was going to say. Uh, why is the Pirates, uh, why is the Pirates paying more and more on the money line? Suspicious, says Darius. Because the Reds are awful. That's it. People are waking up going, shit, the Reds have run three games in in a month and a half. I stayed away from it. I would have probably taken Pittsburgh if Brubaker wasn't on the mound. Yes. Because Brubaker's been hit or miss. He was okay in his last start, got off to a good start, and then he ended up struggling in the last couple innings, but... Yeah, and Bru- I didn't want to touch Brew Baker, so for me, I passed. Over Overton, Overton fucked me last time. He's not bad. Uh, well, he, yeah, he made that emergency start, and of course, that was the last game. They didn't win, but they didn't cover the run line. I had him on the on the, on the run line, faded him on the run line. So, yeah. All right, buddy. Well, it's that time. We talked a little bit about how the farm went for us yesterday. Started off well, and then uh, it started raining. We were out in the farm. We were we were we were farming. Everything was great. Looking at the uh, spring harvest, getting ready to come up. And then the skies just opened up and it was over. So Toronto did not get it done for us. But we do have one cooked up for today. So it's Friday, everybody. Put on those good overalls. The fancy, the clean ones, you know the drill. Strap them up tight. Climb aboard your John Deere. Put those, uh, get your keychain out. That lucky rabbit's foot. We need a little rabbit's foot love. So give us a little uh, Give us a little rub on the foot. And uh, put them in the ignition. Fire that bad boy up. Because once again, kids, you know what time it is. It's uh, time. To bet the farm, everybody. Let's get her done. All right, my friend. Well, no banjo music today, but we've got a play cooked up, and uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of an unusual one because we're going to take advantage of Friday being the day that we can uh, Cap the whole weekend, Scott. So what do we got rocking and rolling today for Bet the Farm? 
So we're going to go to game three of the Grizzlies and Warriors series on Saturday. I'm going to take the under, 225.5 at minus 110 at Caesars. Five of the six meetings this season have had less than 225 points. We saw game two was very low scoring. We expect kind of a similar story here. Golden State ranks first in defensive efficiency, while Memphis ranks fourth. So both teams defensively are very good. Of course, we know Dylan Brooks is suspended for the game. He will not be there. And, De- and Desmond Bain is there technically, physically, maybe not in spirit, because his back's been bothering him. And we saw he basically was a non-factor in game two. He's averaging 19.4 points per game in the playoffs. That's including the awful game two in this actual series. So if he's going to be below 100%, we expect Golden State to make some adjustments to somewhat try to stop Morant or at least contain him, maybe only limit him to 35 instead of 47. But the under is 9-3 and three in the last 12. That total just seems a bit high. For me, it seems like a spot where these teams might have figured each other out defensively, and we expect a very close and competitive grinded-out game. 225.5 seems too high. There you go, kids. And uh, You have anything yeah. you want to add? What's that? You have anything you want to add? No, I was I was a big fan of this play, too. Uh, you mentioned the fact um, that the Grizzlies might actually get a little bit better. And, of course, um, Golden State is going to be missing a pretty good part of their scoring rotation there with uh, Gary Payton II not being available. So um, I, think it's a, I, think it's a, I think that's a win-win for the under. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Plus, I also think game one was so high scoring that it completely warped the totals for the rest of the series. Yes, I think two is more likely what we see compared to one. Yes. Uh, I think if this one stays where we think it's going to, I think we see 222, 223 in the next game. Yeah, They'll be creeping down. So that's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for our show today. And that's going to do it for our show for the week. Hey, another week in the can. We appreciate you guys stopping by to check us out. As always, don't forget, we do this every day. Um, and we do it on the Max Wagers Network each and every day. So make sure you check out all the great offerings and uh, be looking for our NASCAR video that should be up here later this evening, early tomorrow morning. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Good luck on all your plays, and we'll see you back here bright and early, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central on Monday, as Scott and I will once again put on our funny hats and do our very best to help you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.